0: I am Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip-hop statistics to
1: highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of The Fifth Element, want highlight the fifth element of hip-hop, which is knowledge, D-I-T-D, one of the best yet. That's very true, isn't it? That's very true, isn't it, Ben? Where, who, where's that from, Ben? Where, where, where did I get that from? Ah, uh, gangster,
0: gangster, one of the. Get uh, fucking gangster, bro. One of the greatest killers of all time. Gangster, one of the
1: best fucking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah, versed yeah. in
1: Gangsta. Yeah. You Trying to, are you trying to like expose yeah. my gangster uh-huh. knowledge? You're like uh-huh. you can't beat me on that. Uh uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Yeah, sure. All right. So for those that don't know, I don't want to make this a lighter note topic at the start of the show, but it kind of feels like it. I I just want to I just want to state for the record that um from last week onwards uh well from last week till Gangstar was born uh until last week uh, Ben our our resident uh statistics man out in the AUS didn't know what Gangstar was and literally text me verbatim I don't know what Gangstar is th- 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 I just I just had to I just had to take a walk that that particular night um in the cold of five degrees and wearing just a vest and yeah so that that was that's kind of how that's kind of how life was I just had to i just stood in the rain and contemplated life um so that, that's that's what you that's what you did to be venue home i think oh, but, nah, i'm joking no, i didn't have to do that but i was just i was just mad surprised I was just like what what, what do you mean who what do you mean who's gangster like what what is this who are you? <laughs>
0: everyone has everyone has blind spots in their knowledge, their hip hop knowledge, and know. Gangstar know. is definitely my blind spot. In the full context, of this Charlie <laughs> was so excited to do a whole episode on Gangstar. He's like, "Let's do a <laughs> retrospective." And I'm sitting there. I pitched him a couple of ideas I that excited. I thought were pretty cool. And then I said to Charlie, um, "Look, this might come across really bad, but I don't even know yeah. what Gangstar is. Mm. I've heard the name, but I couldn't tell you who was in it." I knew that DJ Premier was involved. I, I had no idea. Yes, and so he just lost his shit at me. He's like, you're an old man. What is wrong with you? Like, oh, man. <laughs> Six, didn't you call... What you call me? 66? There was a voice message that was quite heated. <laughs> I might leak that one day. <laughs> it was rough, man. I was like... <laughs> Especially after last week when we almost got into Wait, it at the end in the lighter note. Where, I was where,
1: like, oh shit. Where, where are you going to leak it though? Where are you going to leak it? Hip hop numbers, man. Hi- Hip hop
0: numbers, man. I've got a little bit of a following now in case you haven't noticed. They, they, be, they might be interested in, to hear this.
1: <laughs> it was not that heated. Get off. Man. Oh, not that heated. Shit, bro. <laughs> not that we've heated. Had some, we've, had, we've had some not speed humps
0: ahead. in the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> it's all good though. It's all, nah, bl- it's all blessed, We're still here. Still love. But anyway. Heat aside and uh sitting outside listening to sad boy music mm. aside. How was y- how are you Ben? And how was your week? And what did you listen to um,
0: this week? I I'm okay. I'm okay. It's actually really nice in Sydney right now. It rained last night and it's actually clear air today, which is great. Uh I'm gonna start off mm. with the Gangstar album because I did listen to it. And you know the first, because I didn't know where you were going I didn't know how you were gonna start this podcast. I assumed you would start with that, but I wrote, I will admit, prior to this album, I hadn't heard a full Gangstar project, nor did I know who was in Gangstar, nor could I name a song. But I listened to this project after doing a little bit of research after Charlie blew me up crazy. And to be honest, man, look, I'm really aghast at just how technically dazzling DJ Premiere is. Okay, these verses, Thanks. you know, Rest in Peace, Guru. Guru passed in 2010. So all these verses are leftovers. Thanks. And from what I heard, Premier mm-hmm. built the album around the verses. You know, they didn't have an album already recorded. And then they, it, it's different to when Fife, Rest in Peace, Fife passed, where they kind of had mm-hmm. some songs already to go. But this, mm-hmm. apparently, Premier just created this album around that. I don't know how he mm-hmm. did it, man. He created an airtight project around vocals that could not be re-recorded. And remember that yeah. Primo deals in boom bap. There's not much error room for error for an MC in boom bap. Like if you lose the flow, it just sounds like it's very clean production. So you need clean vocals yeah. unless you're going to be like Westside Gun, who I'll speak about, where you're just kind of floating all around. But Guru is like right on the beat. Um, and it, honestly, man, the highest praise I can give this album is it sound like they were in the studio together and they were creating it at, at the same time. And uh, Primo mm. just is one of the best. He, Like, I don't know how you can debate it at this point. Like, I know that he creates a sound that is still anchored in the mid to late 90s. But it just... I, I don't understand how he keeps making it sound relevant and sounding, like, so clean and so good in 2019. But... That guy is just top tier. So I really, really enjoyed that project. And J. Cole even spit an above-average verse, which I was very (laughs) excited to hear. When I saw that J. Cole wasn't listed as a producer, I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) And he came through, man. He came through. So I bumped that. (sighs) (laughs) I I listened to West Side Gun. Uh, Hitler Wears Hermes 7, I think it's called. I didn't know there were six others before that. I don't know that there is, but... Westside Gun man, look, look, we gotta start speaking about Griselda in even higher terms because I can't think of anyone putting out better product than them in 2019 so consistently. It's like Westside Gun is like the chic luch of Griselda. His energy is electric, he lights a production up. Or I might even compare him a little bit to Memphis Bleak, who always gave like the hyper aggressive pump up to Jay-Z's witty pump, where Benny 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 the Butcher is like the calm, considered member. Whereas Westside Gun just mm. comes in, man. And on this joint, Westside Gun just feels like an ocean breeze over these hard edge production. Like where Benny finds a pocket and fills it with the kind of bars you'd put on your tombstone. Like his last bar on the guest <laughs> verse of this album was, great now hustlers come to my show to get their scales autographed. Like that's, that's cold shit. That's cold shit. <laughs> that was a great bar. But Westside Gun was a great just bar. floats around like air. And you know he occasionally jabs, but he's always moving, and like it's incredible to behold. And you know I was telling Charlie, like I was driving to pick my ninety-four-year-old grandma up from church yesterday, and as I'm driving in, I'm just going boop, 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 boop. like just like going crazy. Ah yeah, oh, man, I, I I I love this project. I I can't speak more highly of this project. This is a really high-quality project. Um. <laughs> and then I, I, so the first actual first project I listened to this week was Earl Sweatshirt's Feet of Clay. And I wrote this on the train yesterday. Mm-hmm. As I was listening to it, I wrote, Earl Sweatshirt is ASMR for people who've been engulfed by the dark void of human existence. His words are tangible touch points in a space existing beyond the capabilities of consciousness, where reality meets a distant memory and the mind aimlessly floats on the existential tide. And like, look. I know that's, like, super lame. That's something Pitchfork would write. But I truly think that, you know, <laughs> Earl Swechworth really resonates with me. The depth of his lyrical content, the pain behind his bars, his monotone delivery, and the just, like, crazy maelstrom of his beats. Like, his beats are just so off-kilter and off-center. And then he comes in off-beat. He's rapping off-beat. And, and you know, we've spoken about him before, about how technically gifted he is. And we've we know that he enunciates incredibly... And he stays on the beat mm-hmm. incredibly, but like the last two projects, mm-hmm. he's um, mixing his vocals way lower and and more distorted, so it's even harder to make out what he's saying. And he's rapping off beat a lot, so I can kind of understand the slow march that his avid fans have kind of been led on since 2010 when they came in during his shock rap days. Like if anyone's listened to Ass Milk with, which is a horrible title of the song by the way, with Tyler the Creator. It's like he was shock rapping with the top-tier shock rapper, who was Tyler. But now, like, you know, he was kind of like the lightning rod for disavowed teenagers where they would be like, oh, my God, you know, he gets my angst. And I totally understand that. Like, I went through periods when I was angsty, like my Limp Biscuit period. And the thing is that I've noticed that Earl still has a huge amount of fans on Twitter. Like, people are really tuned into his music, but they're not fucking with him since some rap songs and on this project but they're still there they're still there and they, they're kind of like disappointed so I have to give Earl a lot of props for just staying true to his artistic integrity and just following his own artistic whims and uh, I you know we said that we think he's one of the top five rappers this decade when it comes to technique and skill but I'm putting mm-hmm. in top five bravest as well like I'm not going to go say go out and listen to Feet of Clay I think you have to be in a certain headspace to really enjoy it but if you're in that headspace, put it on and uh you're gonna get you're gonna get dragged in, man. I really enjoyed the project. That's what I listened to this week. What about yourself?
1: Um yeah, so I might as well start with um Peter Clay since you're on since you were on that last. Um I yeah, I'm I was not in that headspace. <laughs> I, I was not in that headspace. I was literally all the way to London, like on the train and I was like sixteen minutes? Yeah, why not? I got sixteen yeah, minutes spin this right quick. So yeah, it, you know I, I, I'm not. I don't, I don't remember the names of the tracks other than the one I just despise. Uh, but the first track, I was like, okay, yeah. So, so this is going to be like a some rap songs kind of thing. It's just going to be a stream of consciousness kind of kind of feel. And you know, I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that kind of methodology. You know, so the the not. I'm not going to be as poetic as you were <laughs> uh with that with that little quick right up that. Oh, oh, that was streaming oh that was a that was a weave right there that was a, mm, that was shakespeare right there um yeah i'm not gonna be i'm, I'm just gonna be straight to the point uh yeah i it, it, i was not in the right headspace for this particular uh ep um i will admit that uh the track east is now i want to preface this with I'm not I'm not I'm not Ben. I'm not a music reviewer in, in any form or fashion. I'm not saying Ben is, but I'm just saying I'm not Ben in terms of I have to listen to potentially doo-doo stuff. Um I this is the this is the worst beat I've ever heard. <laughs> this is the worst beat I've heard this year. Yeah, a lot of people Uh the, saying just that. that that accordion kind of uh, it, it it grinded my ears I was cringing every time it came through, and I was trying to like listen to the lyrics and just get out of that beat, but I couldn't. It kept pulling me back into this abyss of just fucking, I'm going mad. Like, that's what it felt like. And you know, not in the good way. It was uncomfortable, but not in a good way. I just literally felt uncomfortable and I wanted to skip. I didn't skip, but I really wanted to skip because I was just like, please change this beat. please change this beat. that was so excruciatingly painful but yeah uh apart from apart from that um it was it was it was i right. it was it was cool um i i appreciate the i appreciate the uh what he was going for and uh yeah but yeah it was it, i just wasn't personally in the i was i was in the gone then mood you know what i mean it's it's, it's not exactly the mood you can go into for that kind of stuff and uh yeah so that was that was that was on me. Uh, the project's okay, you know. And if yeah. I listen to it in a in a different mood, then I probably would see it be- in a better light. That's fair. But yeah, I can't get I can't get my head out of that particular one track east, which made me just want to jump into that train that was coming oh, uh, as I was just about to board. Um <laughs> end this End it now um, <laughs> So um yeah swiftly swiftly moving on. Uh, we, uh I might as well talk about gangstar as well. Uh yeah I think you I think you put it pretty succinctly. Um this is the, the I said, I said when we talked about Retropolitan that uh, this is on the same level as Bandana and this is exactly on the same level as those three. Like, the one, the, the level of one uh, MC, one producer albums we have gotten this year has, absolutely been, has actually been amazing, um, and especially from people that are established. All of these people who we've mentioned in those uh, particular uh, duos have been established, and obviously Gangstar is the most established out of the three. Um and yeah, it, this does not miss a beat. It, it really doesn't miss a beat. And the features. Let's talk about the features, right, quick. Like Freddie Fox, Talib Kweli, mm. mate. These free. These features were fat. These features were clean. Yeah. J. Cole as well. I liked. How, I liked how you just had to throw in the little J. Cole shot as I like if to throw the jab like, in I, there. I mean. Features is the good thing about Cole. What is your beef, man? So we have to get down to we have to get down to the bottom do, of this or something do Cole for episode for, for, a, for a future for a future episode. I can't. Maybe maybe when the fall off drops, we'll get into that. But yeah, you need to you need to chill. Fuck it out. But um, yeah, the, the features on here on top of every, on top of the on point just classic guru uh, lyrics is just it's just sublime and uh, respect to DJ, DJ Premier. I mean, like. Like you said, I think the reason why I didn't—I—I I, saw—I saw, we well, mentioned tribal quest. So thank you for your service briefly, and I was just like, and I was thinking about that uh, while after I listened to this, and I was like, it, 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 there's a there's a there's a certain there's a certain effort you have to put in when someone has passed or someone uh, has passed during the recording time point, and. The fact that the premiere did this from scratch, with just some, with just some, you know, I don't know, probably throwaway uh, guru guru lyrics, and creating tracks using those as a foundation, that's hard. That yeah. that just sounds hard. I don't know if it's hard, but it sounds hard, yeah. and that's just ultimately commendable and you know not many not many producers have done that so you know that's that's, some, that's a that's a true notch on the belt for uh the the long ass belt that uh dj premiere has and um yeah man uh all the respect to the gang style right there because that is amazing uh we'll probably mention it mention them uh, later in the show could consider what the episode's about uh three wait Two yeah, two more I've got. Um, I did have three, but I didn't get the time to listen to one of them. I'll probably try and get it in for next week. Crepton uh, Conan, uh, another duo. F- funny enough, um, from the UK, uh, long established. Uh, this is their um, uh "Revenge Is Sweet," and um, you know I haven't I haven't listened to. I'm not the biggest fan of Crepton Conan. Like, I listen to their stuff. But most of the time, it's usually about fifty-fifty for me. Like it's like you know, a few tracks I like, but it's nothing that I like want to scream about. And don't get twisted, I'm kind of the same on this particular album. But there are some there are some tracks where I'm just like, boy, if I was a Crepton Conan Stan, I'll be crying right now because the tracks they've got on here just hit so damn hard. Because they've been through some, they've been through a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, I think I saw one of them post about it. Uh, the particular album drop and talking about how hard it took how hard it was for them to get this album out and you can you can hear the anguish of trying to you know get this stuff done and uh, going through uh, multiple deaths in family and and, uh, people around them and them talking about their business as well it it really it really does hit home and uh, it hits for me as a person who's kind of a, you know, I listen to them just to listen to them. I'm not exactly, like I said, the biggest fan. But yeah, if I was a true fan of Krebs and Conan, this would be like probably my album of the year or something. Because uh, they, they have some real hard hitting tracks. Uh, the Last track is literally, uh, I think it's Krebs talking about his uh, uh, brother who committed suicide. And I'm just like, mm, that's deep. sheesh, <laughs> that shit is deep. And also they uh, had a feature from Cadet who uh, died, uh, I think, late last year. Um, and is basically family to them as well. So yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of weight behind this particular album. And uh, but don't get it twisted. There's some hard bars on here. Like uh, their first their first track and the title track is just just stands out to me. And th- those are the tracks I look for in a Crepton Conan uh, uh, album because when they when they have the punchlines going, the punchlines are so they they just make me chuckle. It's just like that was that was a smart bar right there. So. Uh, shout out to Krebs and on that one, and lastly Michael Kiwanuka's uh, Kiwanuka. I literally uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago on the on the album release date, I got the I got the vinyl, which I obviously mentioned here on the show that I copped uh, ages ago. Finally got it, and I listened to it today, and I'm so glad I bought it because uh, you know uh, Guardian uh, labelled it uh, as like the little you know subheading uh, one of the albums of the decade, and. While I won't go that far from myself personally. Um, I personally prefer uh, "Love and Hate" his second album uh, compared to compared to this. I can see why someone would make this argument because the production on here uh, from Inflow, who did uh, "Little Sims Grey Area" and also Danger Mouse, and we all know Danger Mouse by now, um, mm. is so sublime. It really is so sublime. Um, I'm not a guitar person at all, but the guitar licks on these on the on these tracks are absolutely. Oh, oh, tough, so tough, like, from acoustics, electric guitar, synths, all of it is just OP, and the background vocals, fuck, I don't know what it is about a Michael Kimenooka album, but whenever there's some background vocals, they just hit different, they really do just hit different, so, um, so shout out to Michael kimanuka, uh, not my album the decades, I won't go that far, but it's, it's certainly an album worth listening to if you like, uh, you know, he, he has folk roots, but there are, there's a lot to, there's a lot to digest and he's probably one of the, well, it's not probably, he is one of the best, uh, songwriters we have here in the UK and I, and that I'll highly, that I'll tout to the, to the day I die. So yeah. Uh, but that's why I to and, uh, which I continue on and, okay. uh, hop into the topic itself of the, sh- of this particular episode. And we're talking about duos. So funny enough, as we mentioned about, uh, fucking the uh, four of them already. Uh, we just wanted to talk about duos as a concept. Uh, nothing, nothing too. We're not, we're not going to keep it too uh, tight knit for this one. We just wanted to shout to the concept of duos because I find it really interesting. Um, the 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 how duos work because obviously with comparing to you know a solo act and a group, I find groups, you know, just innate, just just naturally, you know, they 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 have the, I think. Least chance to succeed, if that makes any sense. Because even cause even if with a group like uh, even with a group like Wu Tang, right, there's always they, 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 no, we're not listening to you, gods. Let's be real. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's there's some there's some the more the more people you have in your group, the more chance people have to shine, and the more oh, and on the flip side, the more chance people have to not shine. Um, we can hype up Jizza and Rayquan, Method Man, and Inspector Deck all day. But then there's obviously people like uh, YouGod and Capadonna where people don't really mention them um, most of the time. But we obviously account for them as members of Wu Tang. But when it comes to duos, obviously that becomes uh, that possibility of one going up and one, you know, having, uh, having tiers mm. of one above and one below is lesser because it's just less people that's just basic math for you yeah you're getting maths from a guy from a guy who just uh, hey. who had a d in gcse maths congratulations guys i hope you feel smarter from from the knowledge i just dropped on you hey. <laughs> uh you coming for the stats i got your stats right here boy um so yeah uh, duos i just find really fascinating because uh, most of the time i feel like um and we've and we've kind of given a couple of duos that have you know definitely succeeded in past years and in uh uh, and uh, more recently and yeah that's kind of, That's kind of where I'm at I just find I just found them I just find the concept of duos really fascinating and uh, uh, and I think there are a bit I, th- I think there's more to there's always more to digest when there when there's a duo like it's not just it's not just a solo artist where you know in most cases it's easier to indulge but with duos there's more there because there's Two, there's two life experiences, and uh, that can that can give you a whole, that can give you a whole new look on things. Especially if they have had very different life experiences. I think the reason why Outcast, I'll just throw an example right at the, right out the bat to begin with. Um, the reason why Outcast was so great uh, is because Andre and Big Boy, in their true nature just, and musical ability, they're just mad different. <laughs> they really are. Uh, what uh, we we talked about Speakerbox Love Below uh, a couple, of, I think a week or so, a week or two ago, and the reason why that album slaps for me is because it's so that they're, they're both so different. Speakerbox is hood, you know, just a you know more traditional dirty south uh, uh rap, and then Love Below is more R and B tinge, you know, and uh just in true Andre 3000 fashion, mm. and that. You can't get that with you can't get that with most with, with even most duos. That's kind of why, I, I th- in my mind, I think that's why Outcast shines in the what's the best duo conversation. And that's not that's not what we're doing here. I'm just giving an example, but that's kind of why people think of Outcast first because they're so um, as as a duo they're so diverse. But um, I don't know if you want to continue with Outcast or just share with another another duo. But yeah, I just found that kind of fascinating the interesting
0: thing I found when I was I did some research with regards to Watch the Throne because you know I wanted Mm. to do like find something out that no one had ever found out before for it's anniversary and what I discovered was that it is the second most successful duo album of all time with regards to certification so it's 12 million sold so I went down and had a look at all of the major duo albums over the years to kind of like get an idea of I guess the commercial success of them, because I had this feeling a few years ago where we were getting these uh, kind of one-off duo albums like What a Time to Be Alive, Watch the Throne, mm. um, and I actually pitched it to Genius. I was like, let's do something on this because this seems to be a new trend that's emerging And duos were, in my view, quite big in the '80s, but then they kind of fell away a little bit, and there wasn't a huge amount of them. Like early '90s, yes, and then we got, you know, we got, um, uh, we got Mob Deep, and we got Outcast, of Mm -hmm. course, Mm -hmm. but they weren't like super big. You know, we got Clips in the 2000s. But then you could kind of make a case that Pharrell was the third member of that. But like in the in the eighties, we had Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. We had Will Smith, DJ mm. Jazzy Jeff. We had EPMD. Mm. Uh, we had uh, who was who was I talking about the other day? Why am I blanking on this? Um, Eric B and Rakim. Uh, oh yes, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I was looking at it, and and look, man, then they haven't been that commercially successful over the years, which is really surprising to me. Like, I'm looking down this list here, and, you know, Bad Meets Evil by Royce, Five Nine, and Eminem is, like, fifth. So the thing that interests me is why have they not been more... Because, you know, I'm looking at it from a statistical angle, but I do want to have a look at it from a an existential angle. Why yeah. have they... Why are they the ones that are that stand out are like the one-off things, like you know Jay Z and R. Kelly doing those horrific ones in the early two thousands, or Drake and Future, or Kid and Kanye West, or Eminem and Royster Five Nine, or you know uh, Meth and Redman, you know. The, but the groups are less so. You know, we obviously have Outcast and Mob Deep, but um, it's it's less so a group than it is. And when I say a group, I mean I know I mean a duo, but that is their exp- that they're not solo artists before, if that makes sense. You know, Outkast yeah. obviously, Big Boys are solo artists now, but they started as a duo, and mm-hmm. but in the eighties, it was more common, especially with one producer, one rapper. Um, mm. And I just wonder what happened. Like I don't, I don't know. I can't really get my head around what exactly happened because I think you're right. I think it gives uh, a little bit more depth to the whole concept. But the thing about hip-hop I've noticed is, especially this concept of just finding a whole bunch of different producers. Because I went down the rabbit hole of one one rapper, one producer, and it is kind of rare. It's not actually that common. You know, DJ Premier does not lock in for entire projects very often. You know, like when Jay-Z did 444 with no ID, it was like, you know, it was a bit of a, a bit of an anomaly. When Kanye West mm. did that stuff with John Legend, and he did uh, "Finding Forever" and B with Common, it was kind of an anomaly. So, uh, yeah, I just wonder. What, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm kind of down to discuss this and why it's not more common. Like, I'm looking at this list right, and the statistics I've got are pretty interesting. So, in the 2010 to 2019, I've got every top 10 hip hop album statistics on it. There's been 363. Only nineteen of those have come from duos. Now there have been mm. one thousand one hundred seventy-five weeks in the top ten for hip hop albums. Only fifty-six came from duos. Now I know that we're talking about you know the upper echelon, the major label, and you know Run the Jewels is not going to be in the top ten and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I understand that, but it is an interesting thing that I'm not seeing a huge amount of duos here, and I wonder why that is.
1: Well, I think the f- first thing you were mentioning about uh, certain artists who are established as solo artists get together as a duo i think that's kind of just the it It, it really it makes sense in most in most cases if not artistically then definitely commercially like Drake and future oh yeah duh yeah. <laughs> of course that's gonna go, go number one especially in whatever year it came out yeah that those two were literally the probably the two biggest in the us at that point like it's just logical to do that jay-z and kanye duh of course it makes sense right um but yeah i mean it really it really is does a i think it's just a case of in that case it's obviously a very uh commercially logical uh thing to do but even with something like uh, freddie gibbs and madlib i think and you know i said this on a lighter note uh ages ago, that, um, you know, I don't consider, you know, I don't consider that particular duo, you know, um, as, 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 as great as people, uh, hype it up to be, you know, as, 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 as most people do, you know, I, I think they're great, they're a great duo, yeah. no, as, uh, I, you know, the two albums you, they've yeah. done, amazing, amazing couple of albums they've done, right, Yeah. but I just think, I just think Simba down. <laughs> I just think Simba down yeah, that yeah, front, same. but, uh, yeah, I, I think it. Just, I think it just makes sense in most case, when most when most of these are you know uh, duos that come through, and most of the time they have established themselves as either a producer that's done a lot of good work, like a Mad Lib uh, or, or uh, and a Freddie Gibbs, obviously who's done his own stuff. But I think the reason why people like uh, you know run the du- run the duos is actually a great and a very interesting uh, case study, uh, simply because obviously those two even though they were you know in hip-hop circles they were established as solo people um LP obviously a member of company flow back in the day and and Mike obviously doing his own thing in Atlanta I think the the reason why they work and well the reason why they are considered a genuine duo even though in most in 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 a chronological sense they're pretty much not is because when they became run the jewels that's that's when like they got the most uh they, they got the most hype <laughs> it's, it's literally it like if, if you if, if you get the most hype at that point then you know you're considered you consider that duo and then why wouldn't they do more you know why wouldn't they do run jewels two run jewels three and now run the jewels four which is hopefully coming soon um in some in some cases, just uh, you know, why not? Let's just keep, let's just keep this uh, boat going. Um, but I think it's interesting. From another example I can give is like um, I don't know, maybe uh, most definitely Quali where you know the album they did is oh, so great. Like I think in, in my mind, if we're talking about if we're talking about like a one time you know, uh both uh, two solo artists teaming up to do an album. It ain't it ain't watch the phone for me, it's Black Star. Mm. <laughs> it is, it's Black Star. Black Star mm. Slaps, I'm not gonna lie, it's the classic. So, you know, they they could have easily they could have easily just gone, you know, what, let's just keep doing Black Star. Why not? Let's just you know let's keep the ball rolling. I think it just it depends on who, who the people are. Um and obviously then again, when it comes to like Drake and Future, they could have easily done that as well. But I think it also there's there's another wrinkle we should add to this, which is um, <clears throat> I guess uh, creative uh, creative outlooks. You know, it might, be, it might be it might be cool yeah. it might be it might be cool to obviously for Drake and Future to do a mixtape and do like a, however many tracks there were um, for and then drop that. But they're not going to do that for the rest of their careers, no matter how much you know money it could possibly give them. Um, so yeah. <laughs> you know not every, not every not every duo, i guess has to be um like Gangstar or uh, or eric being rock him where that's literally all they do and the rest of the stuff they do is kind of uh, pushed to the wayside but um but yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind. Of, I hope I answered the question. Uh, no, yeah, you that's, did. Uh, that's kind of it. So yeah. Now you gave me some stuff to think about because, like, I'm going to talk about
0: because that that last thing that you said about the you know the creative outlook and stuff like that, I think is very very important to think about. Yeah. Uh, what I've noticed, <clears throat> you know, even just looking at, superficially at music over the years, is there's not a lot of uh, solid creative relationships that last for a long time. You know, so. Yeah for example outcast is a great example of one that did run the jewels is a great case study because it's an anomaly it's like they were they were solo artists first they came together and they found they found a a pocket and they stayed in it you know and and they create incredible music within that pocket but it is rare you know i I keep going back to the jay-z and r kelly thing because i know so much about it um and it was just never ever going to work like there's so many stories from that man when they were on tour together and r kelly would just be like ultra diva he wouldn't even turn up to shows sometimes you know jay-z at one point had to cancel r kelly's part of the tour and then continue the tour onwards without r kelly and r kelly sued him and for some reason they decided to put another album out a couple years later it's like and then i watched the the jay-z and lincoln park documentary collision course and you know jay-z came in and they got cameras behind the scenes and he's just like you know come together for this. You do what you guys do. I'll do what I do. We'll just see if it comes together. If it doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll scrap it. We won't do it. And as a creative, as someone who has, uh, you know, I've been in the industry now since 2015, 2016, and I've worked with a lot of different people and very, very rarely do you click with someone creatively so that you're both on the same page and you're both creating in the same direction it is super rare like you know you and i for example we do pretty well i think we uh rub up against each other sometimes pause we say some things you know (laughs) we i have to say the pause there because that was a little bit but but you know sometimes we sometimes we fuck up sometimes we have disagreements but you know we get around it but with some other people i've worked with that i really respect and love um I can't work with them at all. I just can't work with them. And I think when you're a creative, especially in a creative, and I'm not in the, the highest echelon, obviously, of creativity. I'm nowhere near that. But I think when you're, you know, maybe someone like Kanye West or someone like Jay-Z, etc., etc., where you have a very clear idea of what you want to put out, it is very hard to make concessions, especially to someone else who has a very clear idea of what they want to put out. And so that's why I think we see more... Rapper producer collaborations than rapper rapper collaborations, and when we do see the two rappers come together, it's more so we caught a vibe, we went in the studio, we knocked Mm. it out, and that's kind of it. Like you know, Chance the Rapper with Mm. Jeremiah on that Christmas album, or Chance when he did that uh Little (laughs) B freestyle joint, you know, it was like you know, like look, the vibe they caught probably wasn't my vibe necessarily. But they went in there, they knocked it out, but they're not going to do it again. 21 Savage actually came out and talked about Without Warning too, because he dropped it on, I think, Halloween last year with Offset and Metro. And he said, look, not everything needs a follow-up. Like, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. Simply yeah. because it, they're not in that space, man. And so I think when these artists do come together, and I, I've heard a lot of stories about rock bands where they talk about, you know, the, the singer just being the lyricist and everyone else writes the music. And it just seems like everyone kind Mm -hmm. of stays in their lane. And when you're, Mm. I I think, I think it puts more, um, I don't know. It gives me more respect for the duos like outcast, like clips, like mob deep who actually managed to create an EPMD. I mean, they were both producing and both rapping, So that's really Mm -hmm. hard to do. So I have a lot of respect for those artists and those groups, those duos, because I think that's honestly really hard to do. And as someone who is a creative, I think it takes a lot of maturity to say to someone Okay, I'm going to step into your creative and artistic vision And you're going to step into mine And then we're going to see where we go with that But but most of the time it's like I have my artistic vision, you have yours Let's bang, bang, bang together Until yeah. we come to some sort of compromise <laughs> And it's never going to be You know, it's never going to be the, the greatest product Because we're not creating together We're creating individually mm. Um, mm. So I think that might be why there's less duos Because, yeah, music is a pretty... Like, if you're creating at this level, man, you, you're on a high freaking level, and when these people are at high levels, like, they're doing shit that works for them. They want to keep doing the shit that works for them. They want to cre- follow their creative whims. It's like, look at Odd mm. Future and how they've kind of, like, disbanded. And, you know, we talk about Earl uh, not sounding so much like his shock rap days. It's like, mm. I can understand that. You know, Tyler produced most of his first mixtape, and I don't think Tyler's produced again for Earl since then. And, yeah, I, I just think... He's a very creative and artistic person. He's just going in his own direction. So maybe that's why we're not seeing as many duos as we used to or as we might be seeing. I don't know. Like maybe people think there are more duos out there than there are. But I can guarantee you, I went down this rabbit hole when I was looking at. Because, you know, when I do statistics, I want to be 100% accurate. Like if I say Watch the Throne is the second most successful commercial duo album of all time, that means I sit down for three days and go through every single duo that has achieved any kind of mainstream success. And I guarantee you there's not a lot of them. Like it's a small amount of people for considering this 30 years of hip hop and considering how many artists there have been in hip hop. So maybe that's why that number is quite small.
1: Yeah. I think I really, <clears throat> I really like the point you made on the, uh, rapper, 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 producer instead. Cause I was thinking about, uh, I think most of the time when I think about duos, I usually think of uh, one rapper, one producer kind of, uh, kind of works. Um, like literally one I listened to this year that's been very underrated is uh choosy and exile uh, black beans. And that, that album is just so great. Cause I can, I can really imagine just like choosy going to exile and just going like, I i am making this album. I'm really want to base it on my uh, Afro Latino roots and Exile's like say no more, and it just comes through with these amazing hip hop slash Latin kind of samples, and it slaps. It's so good. So usually when I can I, I can understand why uh, most duo where it's just like one rapper and one producer, I can understand why that works more with a uh, a one rapper two rappers are kind of duo. Yeah, I yeah. can understand why that why that meshes more because obviously they're both you know one does one thing one does the other thing and you know most of the time all you need is one rapper and one producer, you know what I mean? At minimum that's all you need. So um and and it works in some cases and some um, doesn't work for others. But yeah, <clears throat> when you when you add when it's just two rappers and uh you know I don't know how and even thinking about that, it just sounds odd, doesn't it? It just, it just, sound, it just sounds a bit odd where it's just like, okay, I'm, g- I'm going to write these lyrics. I'm going to write these lyrics. Should we get some producers in? Okay, let's get some producers in. Like, And then what if one producer doesn't rate the... What if one rapper doesn't rate that producer or something like that? You know what I mean? There's so many... Yeah. There's so many yeah, things that variables. could possibly go wrong in that fashion. Yeah. Um which just makes uh, stuff like uh you know, Watch the Phone and uh Black Star all the more fascinating to think about, uh, if wanting to be a fly on th- those walls. Um <clears throat> but yeah, I th- I th- and also and also just um comparing this to like uh, groups, I can it just make when you mentioned odd future, I was just like I'm really surprised that Brockhampton's done this many albums so far that like they haven't broken up yet. Like they're 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 only like you know, legitimately three years in, and they've already done like what five albums as a, yeah. as a group of what ten five. or something like that. That's dumb. Yeah. That's yeah. a dumb output. So you know, just a, just thinking about that, <clears throat> and this kind of all comes back to just the uh, you know too many cooks spoil the broth is the kind of thing I'm trying to think about. Where I find most of the time duos to be like a great balance. Like, so you have someone to throw ideas again uh, to, you know, throw them back and forth. Uh, you can have some, you can have some power with someone, you know, so, and some, sometimes doing something solo, like JPEG Matthew or something like that, where it's just all you, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it won't work because you might see it as, oh, this, this is great, this is amazing. Nobody's there to tell you that it's doo-doo. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's so... Uh, and I'm not saying JPEG Matthews doo doo just, no, no, just saying, no, 'cause top, not, top uh, tier not, I'm not having pe- I'm not having Peggy come off to me, bro. That's, no, no, no you don't it. want that smoke, man. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> relax. We, just we, relax. We, we ain't do it. <laughs> We ain't, ain't doing that here. <laughs> I ain't do it, I ain't about that. But um yeah, it's it, there's a there's a possibility for it to, for stuff to go wrong. And then on the group side it's just like uh, you know, just think about there's a minor tangent, uh, think about like Migos where a couple of years ago, uh, when they finished up culture uh, one people are like oh, Quavo needs to go solo <laughs> Qu- Quavo needs to ditch these other <laughs> these two uh, and and, that's, and and obviously they all did their own individual solo work and as it turns out they need each other because mm. on their own they're all pretty average um, so that's just uh, that that kind that kind of fascinates awesome. me okay. but then but then bringing back to bringing that back to duos uh you know sometimes it's a uh, you know, this is obviously overall just a very abstract thing. And like you said, commercially, it's probably not the uh, I think I think going back to why it's not commercially viable is because you either need to be established as a solo and then just like saying, let's team up with this for, for one album or you need to be like Mobb Deep. Uh, where you you two are literally like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and you lot are growing up with this, and you're just gonna, and you and you two just click. Um, obviously, those kind of things are rare, but somewhat two eyes are just established and just saying, yeah, let's link up. And like you said, you know, most of the time it's usually just they meet in a studio, they they catch a vibe, and there's like we could do a few tracks here. Yeah, let's. You want to do three tracks? Let's do a few tracks. You know, I can. I can mm. imagine that's what Smoke did and uh, Benny the Butcher did. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that they they just just like you know they were just in a studio together one time. And they were like, you want to do a couple tracks? Yeah, let's do a couple tracks, and then let's drop in as EP. Why not? You know, that's probably how. That's probably how most of them work. You know, and they don't. They they've unlike going back to Choose Your Next Exile. That that felt like something that was more of a. Of a project that was that had foundations and they wanted to do something there and tell a story, um, and even in that I find kind of rare. Um, obviously, there's uh, people like Blue in Exile, which I fucking love as a duo, and I I put them as my number one duo in most in most cases, um, especially when it's a one rapper one producer. Um, so, sometimes that, that that kind of stuff is a rarity where there's where you have we have people actually planning stuff most of the time like you said it's usually just people catching a vibe so the
0: yeah the thing I was thinking of while you were talking was because I'm looking at this list I've got in front of me and what I've noticed is that when it's that one producer one rapper you know back in the 80s for example it's like the rapper usually went on to further success where the producer kind of fell off, you know, Eric B and Rakim, you know, I was texting you and saying, look, why are we not speaking more about Eric B? Like, he was incredible. And we say that Rakim the dude was... don't talk. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, sorry?
1: Because the dude doesn't talk.
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. But see, Rakim is like, you know, people say top five. And then we look at, yeah. you know, Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, so the thing that interests me as I look down this list is that a lot of these artists are on similar tiers in our mind. You know, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Drake and Future, Big Boy, Andre 3000. Like, you know, there was this huge thing about people saying that Big Boy was on par with Andre in terms of rap ability. And look, you know, Andre's in my top five and Big Boy's mm, my top 20 maybe. I love Big Boy to death, but I'm not putting him next to three stacks. But... Big Boy is no slouch on the mic at all. Like, you know, he, no. his whole career, he's had to rap against or rap next to, and I'm not saying they were ever competing, but he had to rap next to the one of the greatest rappers that's ever been birthed. So, of course, he's going to get a little bit of a less shine, but I think he's on par. Eminem and Royce, you know, they started Bad Meets Evil before Eminem blew mm, up. Show. And I'm saying that they're, you know, look, the only time Eminem sounds any good post Relapse is when he's on a song with Royce. I don't Mm. know why. You know, he gets on these songs with Joyner. That horrid, horrid. What if I was gay? I haven't even freaking heard it. I've heard so many people talking. Bro, I've heard so many people talking about it. It's like Eminem is sitting down at home and thinking, "What is the most disrespectful shit I can do next?" Because I've already done all this wild shit. Like Joyner Lucas can spit heavy. And then that's the space they're creating in together. Are you kidding Ugh. me? Like, stop yeah. it! Stop getting on a yeah. song together. You sound horrific. But it's like when you YouTube he gets on,
1: meme like, rap in it, oh my gosh! But sounds like gets, something Logan Paul would do. Like,
0: it sounds like uh, look. I never got down those those YouTube meme rapper. Uh, oh, never even did I? Trust me. But, <laughs> but I honestly think <laughs> you can, Eminem... you can guess what they do. <laughs> well, Eminem, Eminem birthed these people. Like, he's the one who began all this shit. Like, come on, man. Mm, but see yeah. when when uh royce and M got on the same track like they were on that uh what was that track um off camo no revival uh and he and royce was on the remix uh and there was another song off royce's album caterpillar i think or one of yeah, those caterpillar. songs yeah that's dude fun. eminem actually came with bars on that and i was like okay mm-hmm. i can i can see this because eminem's in the room with a top absolute top tier lyricist then he brings his a-game um, mm-hmm. you know, there are other ones down here like Mob Deep, like you wouldn't say uh either of those artists outshone the other. You know, Pusha T Look. and No Malice, of course, in clips, like No Malice kinda took a step back. But if you listen to those clips albums, they were on par lyrically. Um yeah. Meth and Redman, uh raekwon and Ghostface like, April and MJG, uh, Kari mm-hmm. and Kanye West, obviously Mostef and Talib Kweli. These are artists who are, you know, in the same space uh, with regards to what tier they're in. And I think that's why they're so successful uh, as a duo. Because, you know, but but again, that, that's I still say that's really rare. And I really respect it when it actually happens. Because if they're at the top of their game and they're, you know, especially some of these artists have, you know, um, what's the right word? Established careers for yeah. them to come together like especially Kanye and Cuddy, I know that they have an existing relationship and we spoke about this during the Wyoming sessions pod but for them to like get back into that space and create something like that especially during Kanye's kind of you know I was posting up some numbers about you know his first week sales and people were just saying look he's he's fallen off the last two albums lyrically I definitely agree I think his production is still top tier but for him and Kanye to come together and create a project that's probably 8 plus out of 10 during this period in Kanye's career, mm. that's super rare. And and that speaks volumes of, I don't know what happened in the creative process behind closed doors, but it, it speaks volumes for both those artists that they were able to come together and do that. Um, so yeah, man, like, duos is just, a, I don't know, it's an interesting case study. It's It's kind of like... It's it's a side note, but we get how excited do we get when there's one rapper, one producer? I don't know why we get so excited about it. It's just like I don't know, I don't know because I was looking through when I was doing the research, I was looking at every number one album that had come out because I was trying to find how many number one albums came from one rapper, one producer. The amount of producers on some of these number one albums, you know, it's 10, 15, 20 different producers. And then when you get one it's like everyone goes crazy, like when Kanye's producing the entire uh, Wyoming sessions. But even then, it's super rare because he had like twelve other producers on every single track with him. So yeah. when you get Jay Z and No ID, you're like, wow, this is this is really rare. And we we just go ballistic for it. And uh, did Pete? I think Pete Rock produced the entire Benny and Smoke Dizzer, uh project as well. Uh, I don't know, man. they just it just has like a What's the right way to say it? it? just has, like, this magic dust sprinkled on it and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to lock in for a, a really immersive listening experience. And I just wonder why it hasn't been done more often. Maybe it is because they're just different with creatives and it's harder to get in that space.
1: I think it's done, not a lot, but I think it's done on a regular basis. Um, you know, I th- there's, there's, there's always plenty. I, th- I think every, f- you know, few years, or a couple of years or so, there's just, like, a great... Um, there's usually, like, a great one rapper, one producer album that just uh, really catches my eye. Um, I think, obviously, I've mentioned a couple that have come through this year. And, like, last year for me, it was a, a Crisis in Elzai. Like, those, those two just... Uh, I didn't really see that coming. And uh, it was just a really on-point project. And I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. And I think the Magic Dust you're talking about is just literally... You know, one rapper's style and one producer's style just slamming together. And if you like that rapper's style and if you like that producer's style, then you know you just you just know you're going to get something great. It's kind of just obviously there's that established notion that we've uh, that we've talked about during the episode uh, when they're established in their own field. Uh, it really it it just it just hits different when it's a producer and uh, and one rapper and even and even if a uh, uh, even if you don't really think like they they mesh or whatever, most of the time they can they they they. I think they surprise you, and in that and uh, uh, in that case, it's usually just um, they they have the ability to um, give each other breathing room on their particular styles. So like if someone some if someone like. Uh, I, I want to name like a just like <laughs> I want to name like a duo like a one rapper one producer album that I just really would want in my life right now. Oh, uh, there was one with Madlib and someone else that I saw on Twitter that sounded so fucking fire to me, and I can't remember for the life of it. I'm so disappointed. But oh, yeah. bro, m- imagine an Earl sweatshirt and Madlib record.
0: Oh shit, bro, bro! Like imagine <laughs> oh, that, imagine yeah. that, That'd bro. Be wild. That
1: would blow the fucking world up. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, shit, the internet would I be mean, burnt absolutely down. nutty. But yeah, um, oh. <laughs> just see, see, even our, even us, just just laughing at that at that possibility, just just thinking about how that would work. And especially in the pocket that Earl's in right now where he's just doing these stream of consciousness things where like he has there's just no he's he's not even going on beat, he's just saying what he's saying and it just goes in regardless of what the beat is. Mate, oh god, that'd be so fucking fire with Mablit even Alchemist actually would just, just also, the Alchemist yeah, was, did wild. a track on uh, his his LP uh, EP but um, yeah, shout out Alchemist. even that would work. Even that would work for me, I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah. It just, I think that's kind of the case when it comes to, uh, I think, why one producer, one rapper, uh, albums or projects or duos in, in the career sense just go so well is yeah, because they just have those styles and, and they cater to each other and sometimes have to uh, switch it up in some cases. And uh, most of the time, in my mind, I think, I think most of the time it works. But I want to give you a quick um, on-the-spot question.
0: Okay,
1: hit me. Top five duos go.
0: Hmm. Are we talking like group duos? Are we just talking come together for one album? Doesn't matter. No, no, no specific. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. If they just did like one album, or whatever. Then yeah, you can go for that. I'm you can go it, for that in um, terms of like you know essence, like the essence of them of them two. Just like hits for me. So yeah, I, I'll give you that. I'm,
0: I'm going to do it without. Uh, ranking one to five. I'm just gonna give five. Yeah. Okay. Um but these definitely five. I mean Outcast, definitely Clips, definitely uh Jay-Z and Kanye. I love Watch the Throne. Was that three? Um hmm. uh, I guess Ray and Ghostface because it was just so okay. incredible
1: mm.
0: and I want to say Eminem and Royce, but I don't want to say it because I hate Eminem. <laughs> um...
1: Get past it, Ben. Get past the hate.
0: <laughs> did I say Eric B and Rakim? I didn't say them yet, did yeah, I?
1: Yeah, you can say them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: But, but yeah. Uh, Eric, B, Eric B and Rakim, just simply because I never fully respected Eric B's production... And then I started researching into Rakim and why people say he's so influential because, you know, my hip-hop knowledge is not great as we discovered at the start of this episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, I, I just think Eric B was a huge part of that. He gave him the backdrop for Rakim to basically create the blueprint for modern hip-hop uh, with regards to how you flow and everything like that. So, yeah.
1: that's my five. That's definitely my five. What about you? Um, gangster facts. Um uh Blue in Exile. Uh, I can't get over those two. I can't wait to see him live next month. Well, this month actually, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's gonna be fire, boy. Um Oh, you know who we haven't mentioned? Oh my days, how have we not mentioned this all episode? Dro- bro, Dre and Snoop Dogg. Uh,
0: I had that written down. I had that written no, I'm, down. I'm throwing Yeah, it. I'm throwing in Dre
1: and Snoop Dogg Yeah, no, when they get together, right. no, it's a wrap. Fair. Yeah, no, no. That's that's, that's yeah, that's set that yeah. That's, that's too, that's, that's, that's the cleanest, that is the cleanest, uh, fucking, uh, partnership of all time, honestly, just like, it just fits, it they just fits together, literally yeah. like a guy, literally like a guy, unbelievable, um, that's what's that, that's, free <sighs> Oh man, this is, okay, this is, this is hard, okay, it's tough, right, um, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to cop out like that, nah, no, I don't want to do that, um, I I I was, I, don't, I, don't, I want to say rock Kim, but I feel like I can I can think I can think of I can think of not better ones, but ones that I enjoy more. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um. Yep, yep. You know what? Mob Deep. Yeah, I'll throw Mob Deep number four. Okay. I, really, I really enjoy That's Mob fair. Deep at all times. That's fair. Um. Alright. So oh, we got throwing Owl Cask and Rakim Kim. <sighs> P Oh, we haven't mentioned UGK either. Um Yeah man. Oh uh oh, you know what? You know what? You know what I have to mention Yeah, I'm lo- I'm I'm just looking up a list of like particular duos. Yeah, you know I have to mention okay, I'm just gonna i I'm just gonna say it um where they at. Where they at. Pete Rock and Seos Smooth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the point. Yeah, i got them written in yeah, front of me, yeah. P Rock is just uh, He's top five, and yeah. Seal Smooth literally is that smooth. He just like the, the the their first two albums are just absolutely one like the best. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if a back to back like album stretch is just. I know there's probably there's a lot that people can name. Um, obviously most people name like three or four or five album stretches for that for that kind of case. But yeah, the back to back. Uh, those those two those two albums were just absolutely sublime. But yeah, um. That was that was fun. I I enjoyed doing top fives. I don't know why we don't do them more often, but we need know, to. We were gonna
0: do we were gonna do something like it because I pitched this Mount Rushmore thing where we were gonna do like our top four, but we never ended up doing it. But I really feel like we should because it is kind of fun, right?
1: Yeah. Well, for a whole episode or just no no
0: no. Just I th- I feel like in every episode we just throw a you know what's our Mount Rushmore of of whatever we're talking about. Like what were we talking about last week? Mixtapes and. Album, uh, yeah, the difference between mixtapes. So maybe oh, we just throw no. in our top four. Oh, you want to make it like a segment?
1: You want to make this show yeah, longer I'll... than an hour and twenty minutes on, on, <laughs> on average? <laughs> Dude, we're
0: gonna we're gonna end up at like two hours because we just talk shit all the time. We just talk hip hop, man. Like, what, how can you stop talking about it? Okay, but yeah, maybe we just throw it in at the end and we just be like, okay, what's our top, what's our Mount Rushmore of whatever this episode is? I reckon that'd be cool.
1: Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, you just you just. We just did a quality control meeting in live, so there you go. We created, you might, you might, you we created
0: together lists. in a duo. We we we're on the same page, man. This is light you're hearing live creation right now. It's yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah, man. That's that's what's up. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, All yeah, right. We'll see. We'll no, see no, what's, what's up. We'll try and do that more often. Give not even All giving right. the people what they want, but I think it's just uh, yeah. I just, I I enjoy doing this. You enjoy doing this. So why not? Let's fucking do it. All right. Cool. All right. Um, shall we get to a lighter note? I don't know if you have one.
0: Well, you go first because uh, I want to hear yours. <laughs> Okay, little, all little right. Sims, right? Lewis Sims, you're gonna go crazy. <laughs> hit me up. Hit us. Hit us all up.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna try and keep this as PG as possible. Um, oh, what? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not saying we're a PG podcast because obviously we swear constantly anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I just, I That's just want to do it for the for the fun of it. Um, okay. so. We, we, uh, we, me and Ben are in the, uh, shout out to the guys at Central Source, obviously they, uh, they are part of uh, the 5th M Podcast Network in the podcast sense, obviously doing a search of Source, uh, recording tonight, hopefully, as we record, so, um, you know, clock is ticking, on my, on my, on my time of going to bed tonight, (laughs) um, so, uh, we, we're both on the particular Slack chat, and, um. So, so uh, shout out to our boy Brandon. Uh He uh, he uh, uh, screenshotted a uh, tweet from uh, Mister from one Mister Donald Trump Jr. Um, uh, uh, twat ch- uh, tw- uh, son of twat in chief, and uh, talking about Kanye West is uh, Jesus' king, and basically just caping up for him because the left doesn't don't like fear creativity duh, 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 and stuff like this and all that crap, and calling Kanye a pioneer, which I mean. Isn't wrong, but uh, it's kind of we're coming from that dude's mouth. But um, so, so Ben uh, so Ben put this, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna say it verbatim uh, just for the fun of it. So he goes, I People legit out and saying out here, if anyone with Trump in their last name co signs everything you do, anything you do, schedule emergency or cap self reflection. So I go, What if Tiana co signs my dot 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 game dot 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 question mark? Now, for those, so Ben, I want you to do me oh, a favour, and while I'm talking, um, could you? I suggest you go incognito if you are on Google Chrome, and type up Tiana Trump for me. Um, if you do that, please, it's because People, the bec- listeners can hear because, me because 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 uh, Ben uh, responds oh, not knowing I the joke, we're uh, going okay, run for the hills, okay, bro. Okay, to be honest, okay. I don't know much about his family. <laughs> are they I all are they always batshit as him? And I go. Nobody spoiled this happened. glorious moment in CS Select history. I'll tell you about her on the podcast next week. So, Ben, do you want okay, to tell? I do you see. want to tell the people who Tiana Trump is?
0: <laughs> she, uh, she engages in adult activity. She engages in adult activity on film for money. <laughs> that's what she does for a living. It appears she has a podcast. Apparently,
1: oh, I'm not be... sure
0: what that's about. Does she I'm really... not sure what that's about. Oh wow! I'm not going on to. Yo. I'm not going on to her. Oh, she has an IG. I hope it's okay. It's 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 not PG rated, but it is. I guess you could consider it. Uh, well,
1: well, well, um, well, yeah. Instagram. So she's is, not related Instagram, to Instagram. Shuts down everything pornographic. let so She so.
0: not related to Donald Trump. Is this correct? Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with
1: Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, but I was just making a joke, but it's the fact that you just went straight over your head. Was glorious, and I just oh, wanted to put this on wax because head. of how of how great of how great it was to me. I don't know. I, mean, if it, I, I don't know it if might, it's funny to anybody else, but I just found it bad funny in the moment. It
0: might be possible that I just don't watch that much porn, Charlie. I don't know what uh, <laughs> what's going on in your browser history, but um, you know, uh, I'm out. I'm uh, out here in the real world. What, what bro, are you you're doing gonna over there with me. the laptop? You're not gonna bro.
1: shame me. Get on with it. What's your <laughs> lie? No, don't shame me. It's no point. No point I apologise. Do you know what's funny? I, I Do you know what's funny about doing... this, part, actually? Uh, just a little... Just just one tidbit about that. The UK government, earlier in the year, wanted to, like, uh, basically shut down uh porn for the UK and I was just like oh, yeah that's yeah, never that's gonna, gonna happen. Do you know why? Because there's a load of men in parliament. There is no way <laughs> yeah, that's no. gonna happen. So, you and funny enough a couple of weeks man. ago they just went they just went, Oh yeah we're gonna Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Just all of a sudden. So Yeah no, I no, just no, found no, that no, quite no, funny. No. <laughs> but yes. Continue on
0: <laughs> Oh man. Alright so I, I admit I had no idea who Tiana Trump is now I do. Glorious. So thank you for that I appreciate that. You learn know um, something new every day
1: i know that though very succinctly we shall end it there ladies and gentlemen this has been digging in digits hope you've enjoyed this episode i have been charlie taylor of the fifth element
0: i've been Van carter of hip-hop numbers you're taking it to some weird places on this episode (laughs) man there's a lot of pauses that i should have been saying but i did it it's interesting what you've got on your mind this week charlie
1: Stop trying to shame me, bro. Just stop. Stop. I'm not shaming you.
0: I'm not shaming. I apologize. I'm trying to be nice to you. I apologize. Maybe I've got a little bit of latent resentment after you blew me up after the gang (laughs) stuff. First thing on this podcast.
1: Hey, guess what Ben told me? (laughs) Fucking Jesus! Tough school out here, man. Blew you up? (laughs) Don't don't know what you mean. (laughs) I'm just ending this podcast. No, I'm, tri- I'm just trying to end I this podcast, ladies it, and gentlemen, so, so, they right. can, so they can get to their regular lives and go listen to What's Good and insert a source uh, to other podcasts on the fifth and a podcast network. No, like, don't go know what listen you mean. To, go, listen to, uh, <laughs> go listen to What's Good. It's a good podcast. <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> and on that note, we shall leave it there. Uh, have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we shall always, always try and do the same. But until next time. Take it easy. I've already said ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, please. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me, music for the show, peaks and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill hole for the ability to use. Socials for the Fifth Element Hip Hop By Numbers bonus points and Chill whole practice will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been the Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop By Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digit.